save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Bullying is not new, but the internet has raised this dangerous game to a new level. Why is cyberbullying so insidious, and how can you cope with it? Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Jade Wu. Every week, I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. On September 22, 2010, 18-year-old Tyler Clementi jumped to his death from the George Washington Bridge. He had been a student at Rutgers, one of many hopeful young people starting an exciting new phase of life at college. But three days before his suicide, he had experienced an extreme case of cyberbullying. Tyler's roommate and another classmate had used a webcam to spy on him kissing another male student, and then they posted about it on Twitter. They even invited others to tune in for a second viewing. Tyler found out, and it's impossible to say what he felt at that moment. All we know is that he took his own life within days. Tyler's tragedy is not an isolated event. In 2009, a large survey by the Cyberbullying Research Center in the U.S. found that 30% of teens had experienced some form of cyberaggression in the past 30 days. The things they experienced included being target of rumors, mean or prejudiced comments, having someone impersonate them, or even threats. Cyberbullying is more than a matter of just hurt feelings. A 2018 study of over 31,000 teens found that cyberbullying was a strong predictor of emotional and behavioral problems, and that this effect remained even when traditional bullying was accounted for. We also know that being a victim, and interestingly, being a perpetrator too, is linked to having more suicidal thoughts and attempts. And it's not only teens who are affected, adults also experience online aggression and harassment. A 2015 survey of young women, mostly in their 20s, found that one in five had repeatedly received unsolicited sexually obscene messages and solicitations. Although this particular study focused on women's experiences, it's important to point out that men also experience cyberaggression. Interestingly, one study on perceptions about cyberbullying found that men's reports of these experiences are taken less seriously and people tend to blame the victim if it's a male. We have to be careful not to overlook people's experience of cyberbullying, regardless of their age and gender. So what do we know about cyberbullying and what can we do about it? Well, digital technology and social media make for unique modern challenges. Teens and adults today deal with a whole new online world that has only become mainstream in the past couple of decades. We have to understand what makes cyberbullying so damaging to help us prevent and cope with it. So, fact number one about cyberbullying is that the internet allows perpetrators to be more anonymous and removed, which amplifies the intensity of the aggression. 
So when you think of the classic playground bully, what comes to mind? Probably they're aggressive, they're mean, and they're not exactly prone to empathy. Well, this applies to cyberbullies too. Perpetrators tend to be less empathic and less able to put themselves in someone else's shoes. The problem is that the internet makes it much easier for a person to lean into this trait. It's harder to look someone in the eye as you humiliate and hurt them. Most people aren't capable of inflicting emotional pain or physical pain on another when they're so up close and personal. But online, we're physically removed from one another. We can't see the hurt or fear in someone's eyes. And we don't even need to show our face when we interact. That dynamic can make some people less inhibited. And if someone already leans toward aggression, this anonymity and distance may be all they need to be drawn into bad behavior that they wouldn't risk in person. This makes cyberbullying particularly hard to combat because there are many more people who are capable of hurling nasty threats from behind a keyboard than in face-to-face interactions. When we go online, we step into a world of less inhibited, less accountable, and unfortunately, less empathic people. So what to do about it? Well, first of all, don't friend strangers on Facebook. Even if the people that you know are less inhibited on Facebook, they aren't hiding behind total anonymity. So that's a layer of protection. And if you engage with someone on Twitter, Reddit, or another slightly more anonymous platform, Block them right away if they use threatening, harassing, or prejudiced comments. Remember, you don't have to engage. Cyberbullies are not looking for a productive discussion with you, so no amount of reasonable arguments will persuade them. In fact, your discomfort could reinforce and feed their behavior. Silence is the least satisfying response they can get from you. And make sure to get support from forum moderators, other participants in the conversation, and the people in your offline life. Now, what about bystanders? So fact number two about cyberbullying and why it's so particularly damaging is that bystanders to cyberbullying are less likely to step in and help. So the distance and anonymity on the internet that we've already talked about also creates worse bystanders. If one person witnesses a physical assault, the victim has a potential ally or at least someone to call the police. If a hundred people witness the assault, nobody feels like it's their responsibility or their place to step in. And sometimes they might even think that what's happening must be normal if so many people are witnessing it. This is called the bystander effect. It not only happens in real life, it happens online to an even greater extent. This diffusion of responsibility leaves victims more isolated and makes perpetrators more emboldened. So what can you do about it? Well, be the positive change that you want to see. It starts with you. If you're a bystander, step in and call out bad behavior and reach out to the victim to offer your support. Invite others by name to also add their support so they don't feel like they're just fading into the background. Focus on the behavior itself, not the person perpetrating it. Make sure to aim your response at calling out bad behavior and supporting the victim rather than shaming the perpetrator because fighting bullying with more bullying is not the answer. Now, fact number three 
This is a really difficult one. Cyberbullying can be really hard to escape. The internet exists 24-7 all around the world, and we use it every day. This makes cyberbullying very, very hard to avoid. There isn't a physically safe location such as home, the workplace, or even out of town during a vacation where a victim can be totally out of reach. You can't simply move. Sometimes you can't even pursue a geographic restraining order to escape the harassment. For example, in 2008, Melissa and Nellie started getting threatening messages from someone in New Zealand. Melissa herself lived in the United States. These sexual and violent messages became more and more graphic, more and more threatening, and eventually Melissa and her family members were receiving postcards and phone calls from the stalker. Melissa is an author and webmaster of The Leaky Cauldron, a Harry Potter fan site. Her experience of cyberstalking was a perfect case study of how difficult it can be to escape. Because the stalker, who was a fan Melissa had banned from a Leaky Cauldron forum for offensive comments, did not live in the U.S. as Melissa did, the police had no jurisdiction. Eventually, the offender was arrested in New Zealand and then arrested again and again, but Melissa has reported that the harassment has never fully stopped. So what to do in this case? Well, through perseverance, Melissa Nelly was able to get some help from international law enforcement, but she has also talked publicly about how traumatizing this experience has been because it took so long to get help and it never really fully solved the problem. Cyberbullying incidents don't have to be as extreme as Melissa's to be a frustrating and scary experience. So here's what you might consider. Give yourself breaks from the internet and social media so you can create safe spaces and times for yourself. Engage with your resources to protect yourself. Keep records of the harassment, report incidents to webmasters or forum moderators, report stalking and hate crimes to law enforcement, and safeguard personal information like your phone number and address. And at the same time, try your best to let go of what you cannot control and focus on what you can. Instead of checking your inbox throughout the day repeatedly or rereading offensive messages, Spend your time and mental space on other areas of your life that are more fulfilling and give you a sense of mastery. Remember that in this case, letting go is not resignation or defeat, but rather an empowering choice that you can make. And lastly, even with all that, you can be doing everything right to protect yourself and to be coping with cyberbullying. But fact number four is that cyberbullying is incredibly isolating. Cyberaggression leaves no bruises and scars, even though the emotional damage can be just as bad. And ironically, while the abuse can be invisible, it can also be very exposing at the same time. We all know that what gets on the internet tends to spread and stay. Even years after the initial cyberbullying, there may be permanent records of humiliating videos, sexually intimate pictures, and vicious rumors that follow a victim. This can affect every relationship or hopeful relationship that this person has for the rest of their life. These factors make cyberbullying a particularly isolating type of trauma. It may be hard to reach out for social support because you may feel intimidated or embarrassed about what's going on. 
I can imagine, for example, that if, say, someone's ex-partner spread nude pictures of them on the internet, the last thing they would want is to point their family and friends to these pictures and ask for emotional support. And even when there's no embarrassing materials present, being the recipient of repeated harassment can also be difficult to share. Remember the statistic I talked about earlier that said 20% of young women in one study had received repeated unwanted sexual messages? That study also found that a large number of these women internalized the harassment. Keeping that harassment to themselves affected not only their mood, but even their appetite and sleep. That means it is really important to reach out and get support. So what to do about it? It's important to get social support from people you can trust and people who will want to help you instead of judging you. If you don't feel comfortable sharing with family or friends, you can also reach out to a mental health professional who will not only be non-judgmental but also be bound by confidentiality. Remember that you don't have to deal with this on your own. It's possible that the stress of the isolation will cause you even more grief than the stress of sharing your embarrassing experience with someone who cares. So to summarize, what have we learned? We know that the internet allows perpetrators to be anonymous and removed, which makes cyberbullying even more dangerous in some cases than traditional bullying. So you should protect yourself on the internet and try to disengage as soon as possible from threatening, harassing, and harassing behavior. We know that it's harder for bystanders to step in and help. So if you are a bystander, make sure you step up and call out bad behavior. We also know that cyberbullying is hard to escape because the internet is every when and everywhere. So got to protect yourself again and also make sure to set aside protective time and mental space for yourself. So don't go back again and again to check on your inbox when you could be doing something a little bit more empowering and masterful for yourself. And lastly, cyberbullying is really isolating. So this makes it extra important to seek social support. And you're not alone. A lot of people experience cyberbullying and we can only stop it and prevent it and cope with it best if we get together and support each other through it. Now let me know what else you want to learn about cyberbullying or other psychological tips. You can find me on Facebook or Twitter. I'm at QDT Savvy Psych. And if you want specific sleep-related tips, I'm also at Jade Wu PhD. You can listen to the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe so you keep up with each episode. Next week, we're going to have a really interesting conversation with Elaine Birchall about hoarding disorder. Savvy Psychologist is audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg and edited by Karen Hertzberg. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and does not substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you so much for joining me, and I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind. Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes 
to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen.